Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And Dave Watson. Hi Fergus. Hi Paul. That was my third or fourth attempt at the intro. And do you know what do you know what was causing the, the stumbling block for me was what was making it so shit? Was I was trying to improvise a line along the lines of Welcome to the Newcastle Natter, the premier podcast for Carabao Cup finalists, Newcastle United, something along those lines. But the idea, I think, of Carabao Cup finalists next to Newcastle United just seemed so (laughs) implausible (laughs) that that my brain and mouth were not willing to say the words. It, it's not the most exciting thing that's ever happened to a football club. It's not the most surprising event. But in the context of the last 20 years or so, it, it's a pretty exciting week. Right, Dave? It's massive. I mean, forget about 20 years. Think about two years ago. Where we were two years ago, um, I think I said it on the on the WhatsApp group. It was like we never used to care about transfer window deadline day. Never, certainly didn't care about you know a semi final in a league cup. And now here we are. We're in the final of the the league cup in what like eighteen and a bit months since the takeover. That's that is unbelievable. We were like nineteenth, you know. Favourites for relegation, among the favourites for relegation, and now we're we're in the top four. It is amazing, what, it's a huge turnaround. It's amazing what oil and an authoritarian regime can find. <laughs> <laughs> but then you sort of look; it's not really. I mean, we've covered this before. It's not the mad spending that's done it. Like I think, if you look, if you're thinking about mad spending in the Premier League, you've got Everton and Chelsea. And Nottingham Forest covering they're the ones who look like they've been bought out by authoritarian states. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. don't know about that. I think they look like they've been bought by apprentice teams. <laughs> <laughs> but if you look Synergy at Synergy is running Chelsea, <laughs> Millennia is running Nottingham Forest. And Faisal is project managing this transfer window and he's going to get booted out in the boardroom. So I'm going to focus uh, a bit, or at least I'm going to try to, 
Uh, we're recording this two days after the the second leg of uh, the semi-final against Southampton. Uh, myself and Paul were lucky enough to watch it. What I would suggest, what, what felt like the second best place to be after St James's Park on that night, which was weirdly a little pub near King's Cross in London. Um, I, I'm almost reticent to like name the pub because it's already far too busy <laughs> there's no room for more people in there we went during one of the earlier rounds to see a game there and it was quite a good atmosphere and singing but it was still probably about 30 newcastle fans if that back then this must have been about 200 spread really? between two rooms like it could stand in room only i asked this I asked, I asked a barman like how long it had been in Newcastle pub, like why it was in Newcastle pub. And apparently it's because um, Terry Mack's brother drinks there. Which <laughs> <laughs> as good a reason as any. Yeah. But um, I think the yeah. reason now is they probably make about half their profits from Newcastle games. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was a lot of Guinness being drank in Foster's glasses. There was a... Me- there, there was a- <laughs> There was a major glass washing issue going on. You mentioned there were loads of people there. Um, yeah. I saw a video posted by the, the London Newcastle supporters group or whatever, yeah. and it just panned around the pub and it caught like uh, one of the lads that you guys met on my stag do. He was in there at the same time as you. Oh, really? He probably didn't even know he was there because it looked heaving. And also because I don't recognise anyone from his stag do. <laughs> but I think all, that pub... All uh, white northern men look the same. <laughs> I think that pub is a bit like Newcastle, where has it grown too quickly? Is it sort of hitting Champions League attendance levels quicker than it's ready for? Well, I think the pub is going to need to apply for an extension, but it's it's difficult because it's, it's opposite some... Um, Grade one listed uh, <laughs> Georgian houses. <laughs> so it's, it it's was true. a belted atmosphere. That was amazing. It was, Dave, it is bef- better Dave, than was, some home games I've been to. Yeah. Dave, I was going to say before the game, were you nervous? Yes. You were nervous. Yeah. Were you nervous, Paul? I don't know. I don't think, not until about five minutes before kickoff. I felt oddly calm. And then suddenly they're like, we're going to fuck it up because we're Newcastle and that's what we do, came in. I could, it could have really bit me in the arse, but I just felt very, very confident. I just thought we had it in the bag. Um, I think you were right to be very confident because if you look at like all the boring stuff, like the how, how rarely we concede a goal, how poor they've been, yada, yada, yada. All of that is completely reasonable to have confidence going into that game. But like Paul says, I've just been stung so many times. Well, that's sport, isn't it? That's, mm. that's football. But um, I'm more nervous about the final. That's a, I don't know how I'm going to manage the gap between now and then. I'm, well, I, I'm myself, I, might get, I might get nervous on the, on, on the day, but in my head... I'm not nervous at the moment for almost the opposite reason because I see us as underdogs by quite some distance. But we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Dave, you were nervous, mm-hmm. but those nerves must have eased somewhat pretty early on in the game. That's yeah. Sean staff, right? Hell's teeth. He could have had a hat-trick in the first, what, half hour? Yeah. Like, the way that we're playing is getting the most out of our midfield. Like, all members of our midfield are doing, like, brilliantly. And the more goals he adds to his game, the more confident he's going to be going into goal-scoring opportunities, which means he'll be more likely to score. I think we said it before, the goal-scoring is the feature of a football game that is most reliant on form and confidence and he's he must be filled with it and he's going to need it because you know I mean we'll get on to the Bruno red card but he's going to be that linchpin did you hear who Longstaff spoke to in the week about his scoring problems he was rang it Paul McKenna it was it was hypnotist <laughs> Paul McKenna and he's now been hypnotized to the point where he will score two goals every game no, he rang Alan Shearer and had a chat and apparently was told to stop trying to pick his spot and just concentrate on getting it on target. So that feels quite an easy bit of advice to immediately work and get two goals. Also, it's not when, great he was hitting it 20, when he was twenty hitting it 20 metres over the bar, yeah. was the problem that he was trying to pick his spot? <laughs> it's possible. Possible. Um. No, it was, they were both very nice goals as well, weren't they? In terms of, they were very nice moves. I mean, the second one in particular, second one in particular is, is I don't want to gush, but it's liquid football. Liquid football. It's liquid football. And it's it's the, it's everything that you want from the, the, the facets of that midfield. You know, the, the pressing and then the ball gets through to Almiron, the no-look put pull back because he knows that there's going to be a run from midfield in that spot and then a very tidy finish at pace. It was, oh, I was, it was very close to orgasm for me. I think very the other close. great thing about that goal, like as we were talking earlier about the money being pumped in, the four mm. players that combined for that goal were all here under Steve Bruce and they would not have been capable of that interplay. No. Like I said, thanks to Steve Bruce for laying the foundations. Of course. I think we have we can feel his hand on our shoulders through every round, guiding us through. What, like like, like the tomatoes doing so well in Fred and Rose West's garden? Oh, it's all down to them. <laughs> well, they planted well, them. I mean, they, they did, they did fertilise it well. They fertilised it. <laughs> I mean, if they've lasted that long, then yes, they deserve credit for that, if nothing else. Um, Steve Bruce, it, I don't think he's, oh, I don't think his, his contribution is at the level where he's going to get included in the celebratory team photo at the end. Not like John. No longer being oh. part of the, the club, <laughs> uh, which of course John Joe Shelby got to do. It was interesting, Chris Wood. And um, Chris Wood was also at the game, um, you know, still being part of the the back. He was in the you know the the dressing room and stuff like that. Um, I saw that, and I saw. I, I think the send off for John Joe Shelby was. It kind of feels like that's something that John Joe Shelby's asked for, but I don't think the fans were particularly on board with it. They gave a polite like send off, but they weren't. It didn't, certainly didn't seem to me like they were cheering him from the rafters or anything. 
wasn't like sheer s proportions but i was surprised by how positive the response he got was i mean i mean we're two nil up in the semi-final the fact that like adam armstrong is getting booed like understandably but like what the fuck has he done wrong john joe shelby has like i don't think he's a, a a bad man but he's been slagged off for pretty much the whole time he's been with us as soon as it, he leaves it's i think uh, it's a sign of how mad our season's been whereas if we'd said at the start of the season at half time in a semi-final you will witness nottingham forest's john joe shelby walk on to applause <laughs> from idris elba <laughs> <laughs> what was what was quite weird about it was that at that stage Nottingham Forest were technically and um, potentially our uh, cup final opponents. Yeah. And I think this is a security risk. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... Before we have a break, uh, maybe we should talk about, I mean, we got two fairly early goals then uh, Ched Evans from out of nowhere scored. Jay Adams. No, it's Ched Evans. <laughs> Ched Chad Gorge. Yeah. He scored. Yeah. Chad, Chad Hogan. <laughs> Whatever his name is. For the Southampton Red and Whites. Chad Adams scored. I'm not going to call it a worldie. It was a. It was a. It was a nationally. Nationally. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, and I still didn't think it was that nervy. But then Bruno got sent off. Mm. And it always felt like we were going to do it, right? But uh, it was a fair sending off, right? Are we all agreed on that, Dave? Yeah. 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 I, th- I think in in the in the moment watching it like at, at speed i thought ah it's a foul i didn't think it, it didn't look immediately like a red but then ugh, all the all the angles i don't think there's any intent but i do think that he was out of control kind of a bit reckless i mean you could see it, it bubbling under he was getting more and more wound up because he he was getting pulled up for fouls that i don't think were fouls and there were fouls against him that he wasn't being given so I kind of, I, you could see him getting more and more wound up. And then, yeah, it, it's a red. Yeah. You'll, be surprised to hear, you'll be surprised to hear that 200 pissed up Geordies in a pub uh, didn't think it was a good decision. <laughs> <laughs> no. It looked worse slowed down, I think is the fairest thing you could say, but I think it's still a red. Yeah, That was the only really nervous bit in the game for me is when Ward-Prowse was lining up the free kick from that because you sort of think yeah. it's almost a 50-50 chance that goes in and then we've mm. got 10-15 minutes where 10 men are defending. And what was with the, the substitution? Why, did, why, did, why was Murphy brought on and then subbed off for Surely just time-wasting. Yeah, yeah, probably. But um, Isaac, uh, I still haven't seen if he's going to be available for the West Ham game because um, concussion protocol means that if the medical staff think it is concussion, he's got to like it's got to be. I think it's like six or seven days after the uh, after the removal. So I don't know if he's going to be available for the West Ham game. Well, that's not good because with 
without wishing to be uh, negative on what is undoubtedly a very positive week, Callum Wilson has been in better periods of form, wouldn't mm. you say? Paul, yeah. well, as I touched on before, oh, sorry, go on, Paul. Yeah, he definitely, I think he's not scored since, is it October? Mm. It feels like, I don't know, I think we touched on this last week, the virus he's getting over or going away for the World Cup seem to have, he's just lost that sharpness. He's sort of, he feels like the sort of striker who keep playing him and the goals will come. He was yeah. getting in better situations, I thought, against Southampton. He was in the league game the weekend before. Yeah. It's not a massive worry. No, I was I was just going to say that I think the way that we're playing, although it's getting the best out of our midfield, I do think it leaves him um, not isolated so much, but just like in an area that isn't being exploited. So yeah. the, the balls are off. To, like he's pulling the the one of the centre backs or both of them closer to the goal line, which leaves one of our onrushing midfielders unmarked, and in that situation. Of course, you're going to pass to the unmarked guy. Both Almiron and like Willick or Joe Linton, whoever's on the left, they're not particularly good at crossing the ball. They're more about the pullbacks or the or the like. <coughs> excuse me. Um, so he's not getting on the end of those either. Yeah, so many of our attacks seem to be cutbacks. There's always going to be an onrushing. Like if the chances that have fallen to Longstaff and Willock over the last five games had fallen to Wilson, then he'd be on two goals a game. But I think he's he seems caught in a kind of no-man's land. So there's been a few that have gone sort of right across the six-yard box in the last... There was an Almiron uh, pass, mm. I think, in the last game. And you think sort of prime Callum Wilson or Isaac are just tapping that in, but he's sort of on his heels a bit. I wonder if he's just caught between wanting to come short for those sort of chances. Mm. So, uh, still, all in all, a very positive result. Let's have a quick break and we'll talk about <laughs> what we've got. Yeah, you're right, Dave? He's just I mean, emotional. It was already literally seconds, but okay, you can cough now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, let's have a break and then we'll be back to talk about uh, the games that we've got coming up and the transfer window. Welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. It's me, Fergus Craig, here with Dave Watson and Paul Doolan. So, um, sorry, I'm just trying to... Don't give me funny looks. I'm just trying to give it a new sort of professional air now that we are Carabao Cup finalists, Newcastle United. Yeah. I mean, you can do that if you want. That's a choice. Okay, fine. So, um, like I say, in the final... I think everyone connected with Newcastle United around the world spent a few minutes trying to work out whether Bruno's red card meant he was going to miss the final. And uh, we were all delighted to find out that he will not miss the final. And yet he will miss the next three Premier League games. Mm. And considering we've just sold... John Joe Shelby, we all felt 
already that we were pretty light in midfield. Considering Bruno is the closest thing we've got to a, a defensive midfielder in the first 11, uh, is it a bit worrying for our Champions League push, Dave? Uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so because um, twofold, really. One, it's we're, we're very good defensively, and yes, uh, Bruno is is part of that. But um, it's a, very much a, a team effort that we don't concede. So I think that having having Longstaff in that position won't make us easier to score against. I think um, the issues might be up the other end. Um, so I don't think it's going to impact our top four chances a lot. It might mean that we we lose a couple of games, which we've only done once so far. But I'm fairly confident that once he's back and and Gordon settled and and all the rest of it, no, I reckon we'll we'll win a few on the bounce and maintain that roughly two points a game average. Um, it's fine. It's not like it sucks that he's going to miss these three games, but. At the end of the day, we are very, very hard to beat. Do you agree, Paul? Yeah. I mean, I think the amount Shelby's been injured this season, we've sort of been playing with Longstaff as our second choice number six anyway. Mm. I think we all thought another central midfielder would come in in the window. But if the right one's not there for the right money, I think it's, it's quite refreshing that we haven't just spaffed a load of money on anyone who fits the bill. Apparently Howe said that it is a shortage of quality being available that caused us to not to buy a central midfielder. Apparently it was actually our priority, as we all thought it should be. Mm. There just wasn't the player out there that uh, that worked. I think it's because it's not... I think when he said it's it's about the quality, I think he was using shorthand because it's not just about uh, a good defensive midfielder because there are plenty of good defensive midfielders out there. It, it was more about that fit the age profile that work in the same way as the the rest of our team in terms of character and, and all the rest of it. So I'm, I'm pretty relaxed about uh, relaxed about it. I think we've done good business in the in the, the window. I'd give it a B minus. I'm pretty happy with it. I just don't understand why we haven't spent over a hundred million on a player I hadn't heard of until <laughs> <the Yeah. months> <laughs> Chelsea really are rewriting the rules on how to do it, aren't they? Oh my god. It's they've they Chelsea alone have spent more than the other four leagues combined, I they think. Six hundred million since Bowley came in. Hell, six. The thing is, I think if we weren't ahead of them in the league and a threat, we probably could have quite easily got Conor Gallagher. I think they would have been quite mm. willing sellers. But we're not. The problem with the winter window for us is there's not many teams that will willingly sell to us in the Premier League for the type of player we want. I don't think Howe wants to go abroad mid-season for a player. I think he'd rather have a pre-season to integrate a non-Premier League player into the squad. So I think for I mean, what we could have got, I'm not sure who we could have really got that would have fit the bill apart from Conor Gallagher. Yeah, I, th- I think the other thing to consider is that we've obviously set our stall out that we're not going to be um, 
you know, we're not going to throw money around. I think that the minute we start acting like one of the richest clubs on the planet or the richest club on the planet, then then that's 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 it. That's the end of any good deals because the yeah. way we're doing it now, it's like we, Botman's a good example. We tried to get him in the January window previously and the, the selling club wanted a lot more than we ended up paying for him. Obviously, he wouldn't have been um, as keen on the move because we were in the relegation zone. Um, he would have needed time to get get used to it and, and all that kind of stuff. He comes in in the summer and he slots right in and looks a Rolls Royce of a player and is clearly happy and enjoying his football. I think if we if we keep that strategy, I think it'll it'll serve us a lot better in the long run. Yes, we've got Gordon for forty plus million, but um, I think that that was akin to the, the the Chris Wood thing, where we needed somebody on the left who operates in the same way as Almiron or does on the right. He was available for a price we were happy to pay, and it kind of knackers Everton a little bit. So. I in, think Gordon if kind nothing of... else, if nothing else, Sven Botman uh, inspired the first use in what must be nearly t- nearly ten years of this podcast uh, in all its incarnations. The first use of the phrase "Rolls Royce of a player." <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's good that we can it, it's good that we can um, break new boundaries. If nothing else, he's given us yeah. that. I think on the midfield issue as well, Gordon coming in does free up Joel Linton to get back in the middle. So yeah. if we stick to that formation, you still got Willock, Joel Linton, Longstaff with Elliot Anderson in reserve. But you've also, I mean, we saw the other week, we can quite easily adapt to a 4-2-3-1 with Isaac in the number 10. And yeah. I'd, I'd completely trust Longstaff and Joel Linton as a midfield too. I think 100%. the amount of running in those two, yeah, they're essentially three men in two bodies. <laughs> Not in that by way. way. By the way, Joe Linton again had an absolutely outstanding game in the semi-final. Um, I thought I thought he was amazing. I thought he, like Sean Longstaff deserved the 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 plaudits, but Joe Linton was again an absolute monster in the middle of the pitch. Um, it's interesting how much. Um, Joy, we are getting down the left with Willock and Joe Linton in the last mm-hmm. few games because they're not. Neither of them are like wingers, so I'd be I'd be curious to see how they they you know how we fare with Gordon on the pitch there. So let's look ahead. I'm sure we'll talk about it many more times before we get there. But let's look ahead to the final briefly. Hmm. It could go anyway, but what are your feelings on that, Dave? I'm pretty sanguine about it. I think that regardless of the result, to get to the final and to be in with a shout at the Champions League and all the rest of it, but specifically to get to the final within 18 months of the takeover gives me a lot of hope. I think that it won't be the last time we get to a final. I think they, the, these kind of opportunities will come along more and more and more, and we will be better armed to to attack them with with you know some real vigor as as time goes by. I think we could, I think we can beat Manu. Um, I think we're very difficult to to score against. And I think in Isaac and 
Wilson and St. Maximan, we've got different goal threats, so we can do it. And they do look a little bit suspect at the back still. I just think they're used to winning and we're not. Paul? Yeah, I've, I think we're, we're pretty evenly matched. I think the league doesn't really lie. They're in slightly better form, but we've only got three games between now and the final. They've got seven. So I think... I think it'll be last two games between us have been draws. I think it'll probably be a draw at the end of normal time. It is a real. I think it's. I don't think the odds will be that different for two for both teams. I don't think they'll be massive favourites. I think a draw after ninety minutes is a very good call. I think that's feels at the moment feels almost inevitable. Rashford, the seven games before then, but Rashford is on phenomenal form at the moment. Agent Andy Carroll, I don't know if you saw though, has decided to yes. help us. Has helped us out by putting Christian By trying Eriksen. to murder Christian Eriksen. Yeah, but they've just gone off and signed that Sabitzer and he is he is a very, very good player who who will slot into that Eriksen role. Well, let's see how long it takes well, him to settle yeah. into English football. Yeah. He's not going to have much training if he's got eight games in three weeks. And so, some of the games they've got are are um, really difficult challenges. I mean, they've got two games against Leeds and those are often blood and thunder. They've got a game against Barcelona, which obviously they need to... I can't remember if it's the home game or, or if they're away. It's but the home way. one, I think, three days before they play us. Right, so final. that's a game that they... They really, if they want to progress, they really have to win that game because it, it's so difficult to go to the new camp and, and win. So, yeah, th- there's loads of. Th- th- I, I could make a very compelling argument why we will win, but I'm at that place where I'm but like, I'm not gonna. <laughs> but I'm not going to because I'm I'm quite happy. Like if we get to the final, everybody who goes will have a nice day out, and. There is a chance we could win, but if we don't, uh, cool, we'll be there pretty soon. We might get to the FA Cup final next season. We might be challenging for the title in three or four years. Who knows? You're going to cry, Dave. If we lose, you're going to cry. I'll be momentarily sad. I think as well, it's a, a sign of how insanely far we've come that my main worry is our... Carling Cup final of Carabao Cup final appearance might upset our push for holding on to a top four place. <laughs> my that main is the first worry world is, problem for a Newcastle. My main worry player. is what is the percentage chance of getting tickets? I, I, well, Dave's got zero, but Dave, you are not in. You are not a celebrity like myself. <laughs> I'm hoping to use my celebrity status. I'm hoping that there's someone I know who like works for Morphe Richards or something, and there's a Morphe Richards box. (laughs) And half half of the people in the Morphe Richards box don't really care about football, and they say, oh, my mate, he loves Newcastle. Do you mind if he has that your place? And they go, yes, I've got. I was going to do some rock climbing on Sunday anyway. Sure, he can have it. You're going to have to learn loads of small talk about toasters. To yeah. Have yeah. you seen the new Six Slice? Oh. I am very happy to to read up on any Morphe Richards-related stuff. 
if you've got a box that I can go into, or whatever your company does, whatever your company does, I will sit in that box <laughs> with you. My hopes for a final ticket. Typing. Yes, my yes, hopes Paul. for a ticket went up during the semi-final because, like, like you, Fergus, I'm part of the liberal media elite, mm. and I have an agent. But one of my agent's other clients is Idris Elba. <laughs> so I sort of, I'm yeah. like two degrees away from Amanda Staveley. My big think. hope is that my Illuminati application will finally come <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, I've got no way. fucking hope. Um, the, wor- the worst is, where I live, I know that there are like two or three Newcastle fans around. But there are far more Manchester United fans around. And the most likely situation is that I'm going to go around to my mate Stevens, watch it there, and he's a Man U fan. Come down to London, Dave. Come yeah, on. you can stay at one of ours. It's going to be a big weekend in London, that's for sure. I can't lie, it is tempting. I don't know how well I'd have to drive down because there's no way you can get trains. Oh, that's yeah, true. it's Manchester, isn't it? Yeah. I've got a car. Oh god, could you imagine getting a fucking train down? <laughs> <laughs> Jacket down or, up the top. <laughs> your, ne- your next best bet is maybe a Man City pub. Yeah. I mean one idea I genuinely had was going up to Newcastle for it. Because there's gonna be loads of people who can't get tickets. Oh that's yeah. a great idea. Do that. And then just, just go up there for it. Um but yeah, Jesus! It's the the whole day is going to be amazing, and yes, if we lose, there might be a few sad faces. But I don't think we're going to go there with this manager and this team. We're not going to go there like the last cup finals that I can remember, like the FA Cup finals in the nineties. We turned we we didn't turn up. We bottled it before like before the game kicked off we'd already lost it and i can't see that happening with it. this this yeah. group of players they are going to think socks sure off. similar things were being said at the time but yeah there's not been a big game under how where we've choked though you look no. at them all, we've we've turned up mm. did you see dan burn has excelled himself post <laughs> post game in two carabao cup ties in a row first with the uh, the dance in the dressing room after he scored at in front of the Gallagher, and uh, this week he did an impression of Gaza, a way to get his suit measured. It was <laughs> very interesting. I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm going to get my suit measured. Yeah, I, I love the whole thing. Yeah, I think Dan Byrne at the moment is the person I would most like to be in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he lives in fear of waking up? <laughs> it must be like, yeah. I think it's just. He's, I think he's just got the perfect balance. I mean, I hope his home life is horrific. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he seems like his feet are on the ground anyway. But he's just. I don't think it's he could have picked, He couldn't have picked a season like this to have. Oh my god! Feet on the ground, head in the clouds. Yeah, but he's just That's the title, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's the autobiography title for him. I think the nice thing about it's gotta Burns, be Burn, baby, Burn, surely. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I'll just say what it is. Burns unit. 
I think the the nice thing about Byrne is that he he will be replaced in the next you know couple of seasons. Surely, we'll get in a a, a nice exciting um, left back. But I'm Ayara. Yeah, but I'd be quite. Ha- I'm sure he would too. Be quite happy to be on the bench for like be a like a third choice centre back, a, a third choice left back for a, for a season or two before he moves on to to go and play for whoever. But he's going to get you. He's likely going to get European adventures with with Newcastle United. He's likely going to get those games under the lights at Newcastle United, and I love it. I, I'm so proud. I'm so proud, so pleased for him, for Sean Longstaff, those two local lads being a major part of this of this season is just outstanding. I think they might have secured themselves places in 10, 15 years of Newcastle United ambassadorial roles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Showing up on our like, pre-season tours of China or whatever. Okay. Speaking of showing up, just very, very quickly, have you yeah. noticed how many like ex-Newcastle players are like crawling out of the woodwork? To, to get like the media gigs and um, you know you've seen like David Ginola, Shay Given, and all the rest of it, but also like Jose Enrique is suddenly not talking about Liverpool as much and is now starting to talk about Newcastle United again a bit more. It's just there's going to be fucking loads of them, yeah. isn't there? Des Hamilton was on the one show the other day. I don't know if you saw that. No. <laughs> <laughs> all coming out. Carl Sarant was on there. Maybe it's time for us to become celebrity Newcastle fans. Maybe we need to finally professionalise this podcast. See if we can get sponsored by Saudi Air. Let's get pumped get a full Patreon. of billions. Say that again, Paul? Let's get pumped full of billions of oil yes, money. Please. Yes, oh, yeah. All right. Um, we've got to go now because uh, Paul's got to go pick up his mum from the station. Story. We've got. Uh, He's a good boy. Yeah. We've got uh, a home match against West Ham on uh, Saturday. Very, very quick predictions, please, Dave. One nil to us. Seems plausible, Paul. One nil. One nil. Uh, I'll go one nil as well. It just seems like the most likely result. So <laughs> let's go for that. All right. Uh, thank you very much. We'll hopefully speak to you pretty soon. Thank you very much, Dave Watson. Thanks, Fergus. Thank you, Paul Doolan. Thank you. Thank you to you, the Newcastle NASA listener. My name is Fergus Craig. Goodbye. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.